Welcome to another episode of Web Dev Weekly, the weekly podcast about web development. I'm Richard Gottlieber. And I'm Brad Garraby. And this week, we're going to be talking about being a streamer, how to get started, and what kind of benefits it has for you and your career. Now, Richard, from what I understand, you are interested in getting started to stream. Is that right? Yes. I would label myself as stream curious. I definitely want to start streaming, but haven't really done anything other than I have a Twitch account. Yeah. And I don't know. I wanted to spend some time talking with you because you definitely stream fairly regularly. I'd say at this point, you're a professional streamer because you stream for your day job. You've reached that coveted status of Twitch affiliate, which means you can actually make money on Twitch by tapping on your keyboard. Yeah, that was a tough grind to get to affiliate. So before we get too far into this, I guess, first of all, why stream? Like, why do you do it? I think I was really looking for a way to just be more social in the web development world. And I started doing that with Twitter, but I wanted like a more real-time type experience. And streaming was actually really easy because it was just me doing what I was going to do anyways, code on side projects. But at the same time, I could be having like active conversation with other developers. And there's so many fringe benefits that we can get into as well. Yeah. So. I think first of all, like for me personally, one of the biggest hurdles to get over is the fact that you have to open yourself up to allowing people watch you code. So what is that like to have constant person at your shoulder watching you make typos, watching you smash that backspace button and code? Like, is it, since you've been doing it for a while, is it more comfortable now? And like, how did you get over that initial hump? Assuming like, was it like kind of nerve wracking when you first started to have people always watching you while you're streaming? You know, it's funny when I record a YouTube video, I'm actually more nervous than when I stream. There, there's something about what goes on YouTube feels very permanent, but what goes on stream gets thrown away after 14 days on Twitch. They just get rid of them unless you export and move them elsewhere. So the attitude I took with streaming is just, just be yourself, just do your thing. People are more forgiving about it because it is live. And, you know, this kind of goes back to our imposter syndrome episode. By you coding in public, other people are probably like getting over their imposter syndrome with you if you make a mistake. And, and what's even better is a lot of the times the audience watching will point out oh, you misspelled something or you forgot uh, to export this function and it's almost like you have a support system built in yeah and that's one of the things that i kind of want to get out of streaming is i'm a big fan of pair programming and even like you know mob programming i guess but that working together on a project that's one thing that i kind of dislike about the development process is it is such a siloed event when you go and actually write code that you don't get that kind of collaborative effect. And I think that streaming, part of what's drawing me towards doing that is that kind of group dynamic of, hey, you were doing it this way, but if you did this, that would actually be a lot better. And you get that feedback in real time. And normally, from my experience with pair programming, that kind of feedback is much easier to receive in the moment 
as you're making the thing in comparison to you've already made this thing and then somebody's critiquing it. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Has streaming changed your work as far as how you go about doing your day-to-day work? I'm curious about that. Like, have you kind of integrated any streaming? I don't know if like practice is the right term, but any like of the process of streaming into your day-to-day work other than the fact that you actually do stream some of your work on Twitch? The streams that I do for Adobe while I'm working on open source code? Yes. Yeah. So like not talking about like streaming that, but like streaming and changed how you work as far as like in the team that Uh, you work on. Like a little bit. Uh, You know, we were talking about how pair programming is really great, but we kind of lose that opportunity because we're all remote. But then again, we also have like immediate access to our coworkers with all the different video chat clients we have. So what I have started doing is sometimes just opening up a video call and sharing my screen and be like, hey guys, I'm, I'm gonna work on this feature. Hop in if you wanna help me or learn about it or just talk. You know, I've, I've done that to like kind of encourage collaboration between myself and teammates. Cool. Do you dub it the team stream? Because if you don't, that's the new thing. <laughs> That's a missed opportunity. I did not. I mean, team stream, TM. There we go. So streaming, you stream on Twitch. I know that there is also YouTube and like other platforms like Facebook. You could do like a Facebook Live, that kind of stuff. Why did you pick Twitch? Yeah, I... Did I write an article on this? We're going to have to pause here. I might have a blog post on this. Let me... Yes. Yeah, so that's an awesome question. I actually wrote a blog post on why I picked Twitch over YouTube. And from what I've maybe like 200 people, Twitch proved itself to be better for the community in so many ways. Like first and foremost, Twitch being kind of like their premier streaming platform at this point in time has the most integrations with things like OBS, your streaming software. Things like Stream Deck, all these like different hardware pieces that help you with your stream. Twitch is like the first class citizen. Whereas YouTube, on the other hand, was like really slow to get their chat updates inside of OBS or it didn't have the integrations I was looking for or it was harder to like join groups or clans, whereas Twitch kind of has that built in as well. Okay. I've been wondering about that myself because I actually read an article about a developer who I think he's the guy who runs scotch.io was moving from Twitch to YouTube because he thought it was a better experience. Although he likes to keep his videos around. And I know you mentioned that you like streaming because it's kind of a ephemeral thing where it'll go away in 14 days. He likes to keep them around. And so if he streams on YouTube, they're just saved to his channel and they're there forever. And he doesn't have to do the extra step of like exporting and then re-importing to another platform. And all of his following then is on one platform. So I think that might be why he chose it over Twitch. I know he, his blog post that I read, it was kind of indecisive on if it was going to be a permanent change or not. And there was no follow-up. So I was just curious. I can, I can kind of tell you, I can kind of tell you the direction he's going now. He tried something new in 2021 where he made one video a day for a month. And I think what he's doing is kind of discovering YouTube and and how to work with YouTube. And I've noticed that he's just changing the way he thinks about it. 
and the videos that he puts on YouTube. What I found was that if I placed my Twitch streams on YouTube, people didn't really watch them. Like people go to YouTube, I think for structured, short content and having a stream sitting on your YouTube timeline is kind of like, it doesn't feel as done and as polished. So I think there's value in separating where you put your streams and where you put your prepared videos. But the big downside is then you're sharding your audience. You're saying, come watch me stream over here and come watch my preps content over here. I wish we could have best of both worlds. Yeah. I can see that though being a differentiation between like the type of content that you want to consume at the time. So you go to a different place, but then yeah, you do lose. I'm sure there's some people who won't make the jump from one platform to another. So you definitely can lose stuff there. When it comes to streaming, I know you mentioned OBS and I guess what, what is your streaming setup like? Like what do you have as far as like, you know, what, I guess, what did you start with? And then now that you've been doing it for a while, like what has changed? Yeah, I mean, the big disclaimer here when we talk about setups is that it doesn't take much to get started, right? If you have a MacBook, you can start there and setups grow slowly over time. So I started when I got a second mirrorless camera and okay, story time. So my wife does photography on the side and I decided to use her camera to put it on a tripod and like take a picture or something. And I dropped it and broke it. And when I replaced it, something happened at Best Buy and I was able to get two. So as soon as I got the second one, I said, huh, now I have a camera. I can probably stream. And that was the catalyst that that made me start doing all this. I never had a webcam. It was literally the mirrorless camera that enabled me. So that's what I started with was that. And I had to get uh, a cheap mic. This mic was really only like uh, less than a hundred dollars the sure sm 50 58 i think it is and actually you, you can find everything i use on my website that will link in the show notes but now my setup is kind of like ballooned into like a studio light over here and a bunch of other audio equipment like a, a preamp and a processor and an audio interface and all this fancy stuff so it's sounding like you can definitely start out with just a laptop or if you have a desktop, maybe a webcam or maybe not even a webcam. Thinking about some of the tutorials I've watched, there's sometimes just screencasts with voice on top of it. iPhone headphones that have the, the built-in mic right there and then just don't show your face and that can still make for perfectly good streams. Yeah. So I guess there's no really no, there's no excuse for me not to be doing this. When it comes to... I think the other piece, though, is the quality of streamers insane. So when you watch a live stream like Learn with Jason, for example, I'll put a link to some of his shows in the show notes. He has the most amazing like stream overlays and the chat. You can type things in the chat and make things happen on the screen. And, you know, his video setup is just perfect. Um, he has the amazing, you know, colored backlighting and everything. So when you see that, like for me personally, I'm like, man, there is no way that the quality of my stuff is going to look like that, much less content. And I think that's something that 
is an easy excuse for not starting is that, you know, it's, it's like, oh, I don't have all these things, so I can't start streaming yet. But I think that content one is more important than like the you know, backdrop that you have behind you. Right. And two, to your point, like you really don't need these things. I know you said that you started with like a mirrorless camera, but I think for a hundred bucks, you can get a webcam that does really good quality video and your face is not going to be like 4k because you're going to have your face be just a small portion of the screen most of the time. Right. So I definitely think that some of the things that I use as an excuse to have not started yet are really just that they're excuses to have not started yet. And definitely seeing your streams and what you've done so far is inspiring because it doesn't take much to get started and it's more about just starting. And I think you'll realize that streaming is almost less about the content because you stream for quite a while, you know, for longer periods of time. Streaming almost becomes more about the connection between the streamer and the audience. So if they like you, if you're interesting to watch, if I, I play cool music in my stream or whatnot, I think that adds to why people keep coming back and people enjoy you versus somebody else. Because it's hard to keep like engaging content going for the entirety of a stream because sometimes you're messing around with a bug. But if you can make jokes about it or whatever as you're doing it, that's what people are kind of there to see, just to, to chat and hang out. Yeah, and I think that's what I mean by like the quality of the content. Not necessarily what you're doing, but how you're doing it. So like yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what you're pointing out. Like people, I think, will join a stream and then stick with it or not based upon the personality, right? Like that's normally what ends up like drawing you into any sort of content, right? Like, you know, it's the personality and the interaction between the hosts on like podcasts or streams or whatever talk show. So I think that's definitely a, a good point. And all these people with crazy professional setups, you know, you got to realize they they have sponsors for their streams, meaning they have somebody funding uh, them and allowing them to buy green screens and audio equipment and multiple lighting setups and sit stand desks and all this stuff. Another big like enabler for me to getting the setup that I have now was the work from home fund that Adobe gave us when we all started working from home. I already had a home office, so all that money got dumped into audio equipment, which was like the, the other missing part of my tech for streaming. So I had the camera, but then it was like audio equipment and pretty much good to go. Then there's just pressure on you to put out good content. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah, like starting out on camera, it was much rougher. I actually, when I was streaming on YouTube, all that is still on YouTube. And, and you can see episodes of me on there just struggling and stuff. And still to this day, if I'm trying to learn something new or do something I'm not comfortable with, which is a lot, right? I'm always trying to do new things. You'll see streams where I end it where I'm like, well, guys, couldn't figure it out. You know, I'm going to go ask Twitter and I'll see you tomorrow. And you got to realize that it's not a defeat for the stream necessarily. It doesn't mean it was a bad stream because you were open and vulnerable about learning and trying something new and trying to work together with chat to figure it out. Yeah, and I think that that, that kind of illustrates too the point that you made earlier about the difference between produced content and streaming, right? Like streaming is just like, here's a slice of real life, not here's something that I've gone through and edited. So it's kind of like that raw slice of dev life. 
So we kind of talked about getting started with streaming and why you chose Twitch and kind of your setup. I'm curious, when you started streaming, how did you get people to watch your stream? Was it just kind of like natural organic growth and like random people just showed up one day and were like, hey, random person, I'm going to watch you code. Or how did that go? Like, what was your process there? I actually think the biggest blessing was the fact that I talk a lot on Twitter and I was active in a few Discord communities where other streamers were. So I was like taking inspiration from other streamers. Like, uh, I guess James Quick doesn't. No, he streams. Yeah. So like James Quick and a couple other folks in his Learn, Build, Teach Discord. And so when I launched my channel, everybody knew that it was happening and they would drop in. And that's how I got my, when I would go live or I would share clips from the streams. That's how I got the word out there. But another edge that Twitch has over YouTube is that it has much better discoverability. When you're streaming on YouTube, you can't set like a topic or a category. At least when I was on there, you couldn't. On Twitch, all the programmers use the science and technology category. And so when you're looking for, you know, programming, you just go to twitch.tv, you click on click on that one, and you can kind of browse all the different programmers in all the different languages. Yeah, and I think that's a good point to make if you're thinking about starting out streaming. Like, I know when I looked at Twitch, I'm like, well, where on these categories does programming fall? And it does seem like the science and technology category is what most people use for streaming, like any sort of development work that they're doing. I know... In Twitch, there's a lot of other stuff that comes as you start to get more of a following with like emotes and the rewards and stuff like that. Do you want to kind of talk briefly about that without getting, you know, turning this into an episode on like Twitch, but just like what, why bother with that stuff? And like, what have you seen so far? Head around that. I didn't, I didn't understand what any of it was at first. The, the whole idea behind emotes and uh, channel points and channel point redemptions is to, to give something for the chat to do while they're watching you. So, for instance, I, I coded up a bot that connects to my Twitch chat to my Hue lights. And so chat can actually like spend points to change the colors of the lights behind me. And so it's like this fun interactive game that that they get to do. Or I wrote command that would allow users to change my VS Code theme. Like as I'm as I'm coding, they could just be changing the theme on me. And so that that just makes it bold move. fun and interactive. Yeah. What what are the channel points? Just for those who are not familiar. As a viewer, the longer you watch, you get points as you watch. Or like the more messages in chat you type, you get points for that so it's just like things you accrue by being a viewer in a stream and then you can kind of like invest that back to the stream but with redemptions that you purchase with those channel points okay that's very cool that reminds me man i remember when like webcams and stuff were first being a thing there was a guy who put his house on the internet and you could like control his house like the lights in his house and everything like he had a website, you could go to his website and you could like look at the house and you could turn lights on and off and all sorts of stuff like that. Like, just be careful, Brad, that you don't get to that point where like, you know, you're walking through your house and all of a sudden it's like you're in like a dance floor and like the lights are flashing and it could be bad. 
Yeah, actually, the way the Hue setup works is that you have to talk directly to the bridge, which is only like on a in like a local network, so it it can't go out, from what I understand. Well, that's pretty cool. Have you done anything else with like Twitch bots or anything like that, other than those two things? I'm just kind of curious, like what what the ecosystem you have set up is and like what you're looking to do in the near future yeah like so i basically coded two things i coded a twitch bot which its job is to listen to things that happen in chat and react so for instance a, a common pattern on twitch is if you type in an exclamation point and then like a word that can be a chat command so exclamation point uses my bot replies to that with a link to my uses page or exclamation point i don't know donate it it responds with a link to my donate page and then inside of that bot is where i also did the the channel point redemptions as well if if a user does a vs code theme change or a hue light change the bot responds and that bot is running locally on my machine while i stream but then the the second thing that i did was created an overlay and most of the time when you think of like overlays it's just graphics that go like on top of your screen as you're streaming if you ever seen like the cool borders around the streamer's face or borders around the the desk desktop or like it shows who their latest followers are and stuff that's all overlays and i actually used web tech to create overlays i just made a gatsby website that i used as a source to put over my screen inside of obs okay very cool i know that's pretty cool to be able to use something like gatsby and integrate that in and were you super meta and coded your overlay on stream totally did like so so much of streaming is like just working on your stream live on stream and it's this weird feedback circle yeah it's like blogging about creating your blog (laughs) it's genius that's the first blog post yeah (laughs) so I guess kind of last question about like building the kind of like community around your streaming. What other than, you know, sharing on social media and stuff, like what else have you done and found useful there? That's been the biggest challenge. I think one of the things that can help build your community the most is to set a streaming schedule. And I don't do that at all. I'm a family man. Things change, you know, it's hard to have set schedules and I think if I did something like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or in my days, you're going to have the people who are going to come watch you and know to look for you then. Otherwise, it's such a crapshoot on, on when you log on. You know, you'll get a different audience midday versus later on in the evenings. And my my preferred stream time is later on at night, but I know I'm losing viewers because a lot of folks are asleep then. Yeah, you may pick up, I don't know, streaming seems to be a fairly global thing now though so it'd be interesting to see too like where your audience is actually from do you know like in the stats from twitch do they share those kind of stats with like where your viewers are coming from and stuff like that great question i don't know but i should log in and see it doesn't seem like it from what i'm seeing right here it's mostly just showing me like who is watching but not really like where from it's not a whole bunch of like analytics okay I wasn't sure, having not streamed yet. So this makes me want to ask you, like, what do you want to do on stream? What are your goals? I think I'm still at the point where I'm trying to figure that out, honestly. If I want to just stream 
random stuff or if I want to maybe decide on like a little side project to work on and then be consistent about streaming that. I think that personally, I'd like to have a set schedule. And like you said, finding time to have a set schedule is a difficulty. And that is another (laughs) reason why I haven't started yet. I have all these great convenient reasons for not. Yeah, I don't know. I think just to get... I think just to get going, the best thing you can do is turn on the camera. I have like my startup basically all automated through a single button push where it'll like open all the programs I need, turn on my camera, turn on my lights and go live. And because that barrier to entry is so low, it's really easy to sit down and be like, go. And you don't even have to think about it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'll get that set up here probably by the end of the month. My goal is to have streamed at least once. So we'll see if awesome. we, if we get there. Who knows? One of my favorite things that a couple streamers are doing now is building SaaS projects in the open. So there's this guy, James Perkins. He has a really great YouTube channel and he he typically covers Next.js content. But he wants to build this SaaS project called Collab Stream. And it's kind of about streaming and streaming communities. But he's doing that like live on stream. He is... He's publishing like weekly progress videos on YouTube, talking about it on Twitter, sharing everything. And I just think like if you can watch somebody bootstrap a business, a startup live on stream, that's like so cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll have more on this later. (laughs) I'm sure we'll have some sort of check-in where we talk about this again in the not too distant future. But is there anything else thinking about people who are stream curious? and want to dip their toe into the stream. What, is there anything else advice-wise or anything else you'd like to say to them before we kind of wrap this one up? I would say, do like I did. Just just as anything else, your network is probably your best support group of people. So I just joined Discord communities that were about streaming or that were like very streamer friendly. And you're gonna get a lot of advice, a lot of encouragement, a lot of motivation from those groups. And then, then you'll have dedicated viewers too, because like once you strike up those conversations and make those friends, those are going to be the first people watching your streams and saying, Hey, and making you feel not alone because at the beginning when it says zero viewers, you know, you do feel a little bit alone, but as they roll in, you'll get your regulars and it just feels like, Hey, I want to go chat with some people tonight. I'm going to log on to Twitch, you know? Yeah. One thing to remember though, when you're starting out and you have zero viewers, you will never get the stream growth that you get again when you get that first viewer because you have infinitely more viewers than you had. For sure. Like the, the first time I got uh, a follow was crazy. Like some, I heard some crazy noise and I realized it was my follow notification going off that like somebody did that. And the same goes for the first like bits I ever got, which is like a donation or the first subscriber I ever got. It still feels so good to hear that. And just the other day, I got this thing called a hype train, where if you have like more than a few people follow, subscribe, or donate at around the same time, you get this thing called a hype train. And at the end of it, everybody gets like custom emotes for free. So that was re- yeah, that was really fun, and it it was like cool to have everybody celebrate together as they were supporting me, and then every everybody got something out of it in the end. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I definitely think that there's a lot of fun and like benefit to be had. I think too, even 
if you're not coding on a live stream, like I know what's her name? Her screen name is Cassidy. Like she's from Netlify. Like she will often do these, like just chatting, like ask me any questions about working in this field. And I think there's huge benefit there just to get questions that people have like out in the open and, you know, start talking about them and kind of remove the, the mystery because at the end of the day, there's nothing super special about this career or this job, but I feel like it's shrouded in, you know, mystery and nobody quite knows all these different pieces, especially when you're starting out, you know, and just kind of like peeling back the curtain and being like, no, like it's really just a guy behind the giant green floating head in Oz, you know, it's, it's nothing special. Yeah. I tried that type of thing on my stream. I have this GitHub repository that is an AMA where people can just file an issue to ask me a question. And every Monday I was going to go over and answer those questions. My audience just isn't big enough, unfortunately, to like gain that kind of momentum. Yeah, It's really cool that Cassidy can do that. She can just flip on the camera and she's got enough questions yeah. to last as long as she chooses. That's true. There could definitely be like the, well, Bob, I answered your question. Do you have any other ones? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, and after I did a few like that, I was like, look, I got to I got to have a bigger subscriber base before like something like that can really take off. Yeah, that's true. I have every now and then played a video game on the stream. Oh, yeah. Which is not my norm, but it's definitely cool. You know, it's something different to talk about. And it's just a yeah. different atmosphere than when you're coding. And then you'll get sponsored by G Fuel. And that's that's <laughs> Gear Fuel. Red Bull. And... So is there anything else that you think would be useful to share for people considering starting out or should we call this one an episode? I would say just have confidence in yourself. You need to be happy and in a good mood and willing to talk to strangers when you're streaming. And you have to know that it's kind of like a performance in a way. So be in the right mindset when you stream. And I think no matter what happens with, with the content, your personality's there. If you're present, it's going to work out for you. Awesome. I think that's a good note to end on. So thanks for tuning in to Web Dev Weekly. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe in your podcast player and tell a friend. You can also check us out on Twitter. You can find our handles in the show notes below. And until next week, we'll see you later.